0: Final count, 42. 42? Oh, that's not bad for a pointy-eared Elvis princeling. I myself am sitting pretty at 43. This is Paul Arneberg, director <laughs> of Just Settle By Doing at New Life Evangelical Free Church with Pastor Brent Compelin. And then, of course, if you didn't know, was Legolas and Gimli in their famous Battle of the Orcs in, Star, uh, not Star Wars, in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> The Two Towers. How would I possibly mistake Star Wars for uh, Lord of the Rings? So that is because this is episode 43, and that was Gimli's count in the book and in the movie. That's how many orcs he slaughtered in the Battle of Helms <laughs> Deep. So that is a fun way for me to get into Lord of the Rings quote after several episodes of drought. Yep. Um, and this is also to set up 43 is part two of the Evangelical Free Church in America Theology Conference yep. Recap. Last time, Brent, we tackled marriage and actually within marriage, other nuances such as abuse, abandonment, divorce, singleness, which of course singleness is it's a holy estate. It, that's abuse, and divorce. Those are negative fallouts of of bad marriages. Yep. Um, but then singleness is equal to marriage in different vocational callings, such as you know from First Corinthians seven. So today, Brent, we're actually going to uh, go to the pre conference in a topic that was irrelated. It really had nothing to do with the topic of marriage. So yeah. key us up there, and, yeah. and what are we going to discuss in this recap? Yeah.
1: So if you're just tuning in, we uh, Paul and I had the chance to go to the EFCA Theology Conference, which has happens every February. Uh, It's typically in Chicago. So we drove down, we're in Naperville, um, a suburb of Chicago, for three days with over 400 other ministry leaders from the Evangelical Free Church all across the country. And this conference is where we dive deeply into some theological topics and then talk about practical outcomes as we apply it in ministry. Well, there's typically a pre-conference, and so an unrelated topic necessarily to the main conference schedule, But the pre-conference topic tends to go after a a hot-button issue or something that's really immediate as a pastoral need or as an application in the church. And so this time around, we had, as a pre-conference topic, we had Dr. Jonathan Lehman join us, who's the editorial director of Nine Marks, as well as the Nine Marks uh, series of books, the Nine Marks Journal, and he's a co-host of Pastor's Talk, and he's based in Washington, D.C. And the theme was talking about uh, engagement in the public square and how we approach politics. How does the church understand our role in bearing the gospel? What is the role of the state? So this is the title of the pre-conference session. What is the proper role of the church as it relates to the state? Considering public theology, patriotism, and Christian nationalism— Really fascinating, yes, because Jonathan Lehman, of, 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 of all people, I suppose, um, at the moment is so well equipped to speak to these issues. He's he's originally trained as a political scientist and did poli sci degrees and whatever, then really felt a calling into ministry, pivoted towards theological education, and then did a doctorate, and is now. Been, um, he's got a number of uh, books that he's written, and then, uh, of course, editing the Nine Marks Journal, uh, which, um, if you're familiar with Nine Marks, is um, a ministry uh, out of Capitol Hill Baptist Church with Mark Dever in Washington, D.C. So uh, Jonathan Lehman just has so many wonderful things to say to help us understand this these issues. And it's very immediate this year, especially if you're listening to this. <laughs> in 2024, we're in a political season. Yeah. So I thought it was just really, really helpful. It was
0: good because like the marriage topic, it just forces us to think outside of the box, outside of sound bites, outside of what we would pr- perhaps consider easy answers, which there are none, The Lord created a very complex world even before the fall, let alone after the fall. We need to understand the nuances. One of the things I appreciated that I I circled in his notes, the notes I took on him, I took about five pages of notes. He said, disciples once made do impact the culture, but asymmetrically. And so his point, that's a little bit of a cryptic lead to the rest of his message to say, no, we are to engage the culture. We are to engage in politics and in in taking every sphere of life under the Lordship of Christ. But asymmetrical implies it's not always done the way the world would have us do it, but it is to be done holistically as well as in all of life, not merely through one issue or or even a series of issues, or certainly not one political party or one administration.
1: Yeah, it's... It's so important to think about these things in this particular season, but just in general, because we are, you know, obviously as citizens of an earthly uh, realm, kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, democratic state, uh, we have – us, we, we are encountering every day the reality of politics, whether we want to, you know, quote-unquote, I don't care about politics – you're dealing with uh, the reality of government all the time because yes. that's 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 just that's life. That's how you have you know uh, codes for your houses and roads to drive on, exactly. and, and taxes to pay and schools to go to and whatever other things, right? So, yep. one of the things I appreciated just to sort of set the stage on mm-hmm. what Jonathan Lehman presented is he made sure to remind us right at the outset, God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Period. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what, that's right. No matter what conversations we need to have here about uh, political engagement or or civic life or what it means to be, you know, have the church and state, uh, he just said very clearly, God is sovereign and his common grace enables, this is what he says common grace enables special grace to occur. So, Mm. in other words, the government, one of the roles of God's design for civic government is to keep the peace, to be able to do things like uh, uh, make possible a society where we can function together so that then the church can propagate the gospel. Yes. So he really ties those two things together. And I think in a lot of ways, when you read the passages in the New Testament, like in First Peter Uh, that we should be praying for the emperor, and, and, you know, there's all this uh, in Romans chapter 13 about how the church bears the sword and punishes evil and does, you know, commends those who do good. There's this sense of the, the role of government, and it shouldn't necessarily extend beyond this, is to create the conditions by which the church exists in a society to be able to propagate the gospel. Mm-hmm. So um there's so much more nuance to that but the the simple way he put it is governments build the roads so that you can drive to church. <laughs> I thought that was just like the <laughs> most there's the most simple example. It's like yes. okay, that makes a lot of sense. We need roads because I'd like to be with my church family. Yes. And in in that again, I realize it's more nuanced than that, but In a simple sense, he's trying to help us understand that God is sovereign over all and that in his design for how we function as human beings, that there's a a sense in which God has ordained the state for the benefit of, uh, in his common grace, for the benefit of the world in, in general, in an ideal way, like this is the way it should be so that uh, people can flourish and live their lives in a way that allows for us to f- follow Jesus with
0: faithfulness. Yes, I, I was encouraged when he reminded us too, God authorizes and constrains governments. So mm, any one of us that uh, that are concerned about, I would call it overreach, especially in the last four years or yeah. so, with regretting freedoms, overreach yeah. of healthcare freedom, and and frankly, even economic freedom, when it comes to businesses being shut down and such, Uh, God will work that out in the end, even if it's not after the end. And in my own case, when my business really ultimately shut down because of, let's say, government lockdowns due to the pandemic, well, he brought me into a broad place according to Psalm 118.5. And I love that. So that reminds me, I I am now lived long enough to see God restore me to a new place, but no thanks to the government. And I say that not to try to be either partisan or grumbling toward the government. I'm just saying that that reminded me in the last four years, God is sovereign over the government. He's more important than the government. My ultimate citizenship is in heaven. Meanwhile, be patient, waiting on the Lord during Mm. times of trial— And at the same time, by some mystery, and this makes me clench my teeth sometimes, be thankful for the government because they do build roads for us to get to church, because they do still have fences and, for the most part, borders and such, so (laughs) that we can be able to flourish and also uh, live out the gospel with freedom and with liberality and and liberty.
1: Yep. And, And a foundational thing in all of this, I felt was important, Jonathan Lehman brought to the front was that we need to be careful not to view the world as though there's somehow two realms. Like there's uh-huh. God's realm and then there's the, the the state's realm, like, or the, you know, the whatever. He, or the words he uses is that there's not, like, God's and Caesar's. <laughs> yes. Um, he's saying everything belongs to God. Yes. It's all his. This, this is his creation. He made us, he designed it. So in that realm of everything that belongs to the Lord, there is a slice of... Uh, you know, realm that God has given authority to earthly rulers in order to establish societies and bring peace and make possible the flourishing of people, so that then God, the goodness of um, uh, the flourishing of of people, but then also the propagation of the gospel. It's mm-hmm. that principle again. So just being careful about some of those um, nuances is really good. Yes. Now he also described, just to pivot to one other topic here. I thought it was interesting how he tried to help us understand the current moment that we live in and the kind of, quote-unquote, secular culture that mm-hmm. um, that we live in. A lot of times I think the assumption, at, I'll call it like a street level, is that somehow the public square has been kind of washed of religious mm. beliefs and morality mm-hmm. and that there's a neutrality to the public square. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the street level understanding of most people in our society. The reality, and he challenged this, he said, everyone is bringing their God into the public square. Absolutely. It's just a matter of what it is. Is your God the self? Is your God some political ideology? Is your God some uh, economic thing that you wanna see happen? Whatever it is, everyone's bringing a moral framework And it's something of ultimate value that they worship into the public square. And so whatever your your God is, whatever you worship, you're going to bring to bear in your decisions, in your vote, in your judgment. And so he's saying, don't let people sort of approach things in that way to say, well, you know, the state house, it's like, leave your gods at the door. Oh yeah, It's like, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this room is making judgment calls and decisions based off of some kind of moral framework about
0: what is ultimate. Yep.
1: And so everyone has a God.
0: A quote I wrote down from Dr. Lehman and this to your point, Brent, the public square is inescapably religious yeah everybody is religious even if you claim atheism that is your god and also he said that there is no such thing as a law that was written with no moral undergirding or framework yeah every single law so that old adage even since i was in college in the late 80s early 90s uh that would talk about don't legislate morality it's impossible not to legislate morality there's no such thing as a law that doesn't have yeah. a moral opinion perspective and undergirding therefore get that argument out of your minds or yeah. those that accuse let's say christians of legislating morality everybody even the speed limit even even the um highway fences even things that are municipal at every level of yeah. government it's all moral based the question is whose morality and for what maximum flourishing and what god designed uh, intention is that or or should I say, perhaps anti-God or anti-gospel, as we talked about in episode 42.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I realize as we have this conversation, if you're listening, you're probably, uh, you know, your mind might start going 100 miles an hour on all of the implications of these things. The reality of this is that when, as a believer in Jesus, as a Christian, as someone who's operating off of God is sovereign over all things... I want to follow him in all things that I do. And he's revealed what is good, right, and true through right. his word yes. and also through creation on what is, like, how things flourish and what is good for us. We need to not be afraid to say, you know what? God God has said, mm-hmm. God designed, God created and made, dot, yes. dot, dot. Yep. God has revealed, blah, 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 right? You we. It's okay for us to approach life in those kinds of ways because... Uh, as I said, everyone's bringing their sort of moral uh, Mm -hmm. framework and their God to the table. But as a Christian, we need to not buy into the dichotomy, this false dichotomy that somehow your Christian beliefs are merely private. Ah, yes. And that then therefore there's also the public life Mm -hmm. and that you can sort of set up a divide between those public and private things. You're going to be a Christian. You need to understand following Jesus affects every part of who you are. Yes. And that means family life. That means how you engage in civic life, or how you vote. Uh, it means how you love your neighbor. It means how mm-hmm. you work in your vocation. Vocation. That's it's everything, right? Everything, right. right. So I, I just found that to be like a helpful level setting thing. Of course, there's so many conversations we could have that like going off on this rabbit trail or that rabbit trail about mm-hmm. that principle, but just keep in mind, uh, God is sovereign. He, 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 this realm... It's God's realm. Mm-hmm. Everything is God's, uh, every square inch. And so we need to see our faith affect every aspect of our lives in all
0: these different ways. Yeah. And to your point, too, regarding the uh, not privatizing one's faith so that we can't ever make it public, one of my peeves in the recent couple of decades is when some politicians want to say it's freedom of worship. But no, it's actually freedom of religion because religion, by definition, at least in our Christian following of Christ, is to have every square inch of the Lord under our sovereignty that we engage everywhere. And therefore, it's not freedom of merely what I believe privately in my heart and in my home. It's in every sphere of the culture. So it's actually freedom of religion in our First Amendment, not freedom of of worship only, and it reminds me too. We talked yep. about this pre-show, but Mark chapter twelve—that was one of the. I think all three synoptic gospels, if not mistaken, Jesus was challenged by the by the Pharisees. Do you pay taxes to Caesar or not? And then he says, why do you put me to the test? Bring a denarius to me and let me look at it. And then he says, whose likeness and inscription is on this Roman coin? And they said, Caesar's. He said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Yeah. And Dr. Lehman made that picture for us. He said, okay, Caesar is this little, little tiny dot in the sphere of the universe. God is over all of that. And the idea yep. is like it's a big, big circle and a little dot is Caesar. So yes, we it is right to pay taxes as Caesar. That's also Romans 13 and other places too. But uh, we model... Must give our whole lives to the Lord because yes. He's sovereign over that denarius, over our money books, and over our whole lives. So yeah. it's it's a yeah. both and thing. And again, it's not at all to say we shouldn't, as my uh, my distant mentor of money, Larry Burkett, say it's okay to minimize our taxes. It's okay to to look for every tax loophole because we want to maximize our ability to save for our families and to give to the church. But it is to say it is right and true to give according to what we need to give to the government for those roads, for the defense, other yep. things. But the reminder that's common denominator through all of Lehman's talks, he get, he talked for three hours last week on February 7th, 2024, it's God is sovereign over all, put politics in the right perspective, but don't think that our engagement is wrong and don't think that we should idolize yeah. engagement. Or he said, no one issue should usurp our, our calling. Um, here's what he said, another quote, all just political causes are secondary. They could become idols. Yeah. Warning, warning, we need to make our citizenship in heaven the priority yes. and then be earthly good because we're focused on our citizenship in heaven.
1: Yeah, I thought that was one of the most important things he reminded us of, which is make sure your earthly citizenship always is subordinate to your heavenly citizenship. Mm-hmm. So as a Christian, as a as one who is in Christ, as one who is bought child of God, you are now a citizen of heaven. Like you're a part of God's family. You're a part of the people of God. And so that supersedes any earthly identity relationship or whatever other thing, including your civic life. And Mm -hmm. so that doesn't mean you don't engage in that, but it does mean that it serves and is subordinate to and submits to your heavenly citizenship. And so we don't make politics an idol. That's right. We don't trick ourselves into thinking that such and such a politician can, can, can ultimately satisfy or save me or meet the, 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 the grand needs of, of all the people, right? So we don't buy into that stuff, but we do want to see good, just, and right outcomes in civic life. And so we care deeply about it. Yes, And so you put those things in proper perspective and in proper proportion. Mm-hmm. So they need to be in the right order, heavenly citizenship comes first earthly citizenship citizenship second but also in proper proportion proportion and so that way the heavenly citizenship is always the biggest reality mm-hmm. and then the earthly citizenship is always a smaller one and then that way we don't get sort of wrapped around the axle on putting our hope our ultimate hope in any particular politician or political plank.
0: Yes, unless anyone listening misunderstands that we're trying to excuse inaction with political activity or civic activity. Let's tie this back to the previous episode, 42, when, when Dr. James Newheiser talked about six keys to preserving and strengthening marriage. The very first L in his alliterative alliterative uh, six points, the Lord must come first, even above one spouse. It's a very parallel thing to what Dr. Lehman taught. The Lord must come first, even above above one's politics, spouse, politics, everything. Anything in this world could become an idol, lest we take it under the submission of the Christ. Now, I know we're gonna wrap this up and make this a short episode, Brent, but the other thought I had, I circled this. One of Dr. Lehman's points was, I love this, another quote, we must learn to be before we do. Just and right politics begin in the home and in the church. I really like that point because every time I see the word do, I think of disciple by doing. (laughs) I have a dear friend of mine, Michael Johnson, who's a pastor, and he told me, you know, Paul as you come on staff at church, make sure you just bask in being the Lord's child. And, and I know you're a <laughs> yes. doer, you like to be, and you're type A, you, you have to bask in being. He said, read J.I. Packer's Knowing God. He's He's got that nice <laughs> pastoral. <laughs> so if you're listening, Michael, I'm shouting out to you. Yep. But the point is, I am that way. I really do like to bask and be before we do. And that's not just personal. It's not just for me to undergird my own title, Director of Disciple by doing. It's to say, get your own house in order yeah. before you purport to get in the in the public square but i would also add don't neglect to be in the public square yes. however you're called to do it go to school board meetings certainly vote I, I don't think there's a single even primary election i've missed since i turned 18 in 1987 i mean, my first primary was the next year um, <laughs> i don't think i missed a single primary if i had i was traveling yep. but certainly no the november election and we should study the issues but also don't idolize any of these and i admit myself i can be dejected if my candidate doesn't win yeah. but then i'm reminded by my wife who's a lot more even killed than i am that wait a minute our citizens is in heaven. We're not putting our hope in this world. And yep. yet that doesn't mean we don't fight until we are called home.
1: Yep. Amen. Yeah. And I, I think it, like a final thought for me from Jonathan Lehman, I thought it was super helpful yes. and challenging for our particular, you know, this particular year <laughs> is that he said one of the biggest threats is sort of an, an inversion mm of or co-opting of our heavenly citizenship by our earthly citizenship. So we've talked about having them in the right order and the right proportion. He said, honestly, I feel like one of the biggest threats is getting those things out of order or yes. out of proportion because mm-hmm. he said we can have either... Uh, there, there, there can take We can take the same approach as the world, mm-hmm. fight with the same tools and methods and mechanisms and anger that the world uses, and we can also desire to have control in a way. Mm-hmm. Like having... Politics can be a very um, tangible or, or immediate thing that makes us feel like we have power or control over uh, something. Yep. And he said, okay, there, there are good reasons to be involved in that and to vote in ways that are good and godly. However, don't get those things out of order yep. or out of proportion. Mm-hmm. In other words, we can, as you mentioned, we can make an idol out of good things yes. and good causes mm-hmm. because we pursue them with wrong motives or tactics that subvert our heavenly citizenship and place our faith in earthly kingdoms. Ooh. Yes, that's right. Or worldly tools, even. Yep. And so he's reminding us, let whatever what what godly what the good and godly design of government is, let it sit in its seat on the bus, if mm-hmm. you will. Like yep. it's got its it it has a purpose. We participate in that, and we fight for good and godly things in it. Mm -hmm. However, don't let that get out of control. Don't place your faith in it. Allow for your citizenship in heaven to be the most important thing. That Jesus really, when we say Jesus is Lord, we really mean it. And that all things are God's. He's sovereign over all. And that as we act out and live in the reality of our faith in the public square, that we're going to honor God not only by... Pursuing the outcomes that are good and just and right, according to God's revelation, but that we do it in ways with the right attitude, the right perspective of where our hope really is, and using the right methods. Like, we don't fight with the same, I don't know, anger and vitriol and whatever other things. That's right. We do things differently as Christians. And so model in what you do and how you do it your heavenly citizenship in the public square. I thought that was so helpful.
0: Excellent, yeah, and as we wrap up, I'll just say that one of the things that's always grievous to my heart is I I know people, either celebrities or politicians or even pastors and church leaders Where they neglect their marriage or their faith for the sake of a cause. And that is one of the most grievous things. So I know you and me, Brent, we each prioritize our wives, mm-hmm. in your case, Sarah, in my case, Wendy, over our ministry itself. Similarly, that marriage is subservient to the Lord. So that goes back to the rightly ordered loves, which yes. I think Augustine talked about. We might have mentioned yep. that in our podcast. Yep, we have. Course. So Augustine's rightly ordered loves. Dr. Lehman brought that out in this uh, in this pre-conference seminar at the EFCA 2024 over Naperville, Illinois. Illinois. It was a good time. We hope to continue bringing these truths back to uh, our New Life Church family. We thank you for listening to episode 43. This is Paul Arnerberg, Director of Disciple by Doing, Pastor Brent Koppelin. We have a, one more transformational outcome coming up from individual to community. Thank you. Have a great rest of February 2024.